the more of you I see, the more you're changing me. May my heart be overwhelmed with who you are. May I become what I behold, which is you and more like you. I ask these things for myself and my brothers and sisters here today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thunder, lightning, rain. What a stormy night. A little bit like when the word gets released into the earth. Thunder, lightning, stormy reality. The Bible says in Acts 2 there was a sound that resonated through the city of Jerusalem. When the word turned up, when Jesus was crucified, there was an earthquake. You see, when the word is released, when heaven speaks, the earth shakes. Because the word, the utterances of heaven have been released into the earth for everyone who is of heaven to receive that substance within them and be changed. I'm going to sit down now. (laughs) I've said enough. Are we changing? Are we becoming? I really pray we are. I pray that life isn't just the same, same. Another day. On the treadmill of life. But that we are are receiving a word that shakes the earth. I mean, the power last night was incredible, wasn't it? It lit up the sky. That's what the word does in you and I. It lights us up. Because his name is Jesus. And he came and said this. He said, The work of my Father is not in doing It's not in external things. It is primarily in an internal reality of belief. And out of that flows everything. To not be in that is to only be in external works and think those are the works primarily we are called for. But all those works will only be ever done in your human strength and your human ability. You see, we need to get an appetite for what we can't do. That's powerful, isn't it? And you need to get a thirst for what you have no idea about. You see, if you can do certain things, then that's a very limited position. To be honest, even walking on water is a very limited position to having love within you. Peter could walk on water, but he couldn't love like God. Peter preached the gospel, but he couldn't love like God. The man denied God. The man was told to love his brothers and sisters, but he wasn't interested in that. All he wanted to do was be a hero. And he was consumed with why he couldn't go with God rather than hear the word of God and be obedient to that. You see, the flesh, although it is sometimes looks like it's interested in what God says, it never is. And it hears through its own filter and then goes and does its own thing. Why? Because it wants to puff itself up. 
It wants to be the center of itself. It wants all the accolade. It wants all the glory to itself. It's not interested in glorifying the Father, even though it says it does and sometimes it thinks it does. It isn't because when it's tested, it runs away. So there is a deep work that the Father wants to do within our hearts from coming to Him. And this morning in prayer, God showed me, He says, many people come, but they keep a distance. So they're around me, but they keep me at arm's length. And when you do that, you surrender the life God has for you. So you can come for him for signs and wonders. You can come for him for food. You can come that he would be your resource, and he will because he is love. But he does that to take you to a much deeper place within you where he becomes the source of your very being. And that is a different place. And that place defines everything in life. You see, you can walk on water and still deny God. The simplicity is in loving, not in doing. You see, we're going to look at knowing the work of God today. So John 6, we've been looking at this entire, and I keep nailing this on this, knowing the work. There are two types of work, aren't there? Man's work, God's work. And they can sound the same, but they are radically different. And they produce something entirely different. So one produces fleshly works and one produces spiritual works. And we must have eyes that see and discern the difference between the two. Otherwise, it's very easy to get entrapped and entangled in flesh works, wondering why we're outside of the life that we're promised. So he says, stop doing work that produces food that perishes. It's all of the natural substance. So you toil, you sweat, you live. Your whole life is defined by working for food that perishes in your hand. It promises much, it feeds you for a time, and then it's gone, and it leaves you back to the place you were before. And so your life is up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. There's no consistency of up, 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 up. That's the kingdom life. The natural life is up and down, up and down, up and down, led by emotions, led by what's happening to you. The kingdom life is being led by the word of God. And the word of God trumps that life. So we need to know what the work of God is because there's a food source associated with that word that builds, the Bible says, an eternal life. Which is not when I get to eternity, it is right now while I live because Jesus said to know me is eternal life. So I have revelation of the Christ within me, I'm getting eternal life. So the greater the revelation of the Christ within me, the word of God, the greater the eternal life which trumps all that temporal life. Does that make sense? Can you hear it in your spirit? Can you see it yet? It's one thing to understand it in your head. It's another thing to receive it, the substance of what I said that enables the life of what I just said. 
because we're called to live that life, not just mentally agree with that life. Once again, there is an entirely different gulf between living that life and saying yes to that life. There's an entirely different gulf between living the life and saying yes to all the right answers. A scribe did that, and Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God, but you're not in it yet. You haven't entered it yet, but it's for you. So come. Come. In this vision God's showing me, there's many people there, and he's calling. And see, so you've got to be discontently content. You've got to have a stirring in you that goes, I want more than I know. And I'm thirsty for this thing that I heard that I have no comprehension of, but I heard it. And I'm being drawn to it because something in me is greater that's drawing me. It's called the spirit in you. And we have been called to live profound lives that the earth does not comprehend. We have been called to primarily, the core focus of everyone's life is to bring glory to God's name. That's my entire life call is to just glorify Him. I no longer live. I'm not interested in the things that I once was. All I'm interested in is being glory to my Father through the demonstration of my surrender, my brokenness and my humility, that he would make me strong and the wisdom coming out of me would profound people because the wisdom of God is so different from the wisdom of the earth. They don't even coexist. There's no yin and yang. It's light or dark. There's not a gray. Although at times trying to come into the mystery of God, things appear gray. But he says, I'm the light of the world, not the gray of the world. I am the light of the earth, and you are to be the light of me within you. And so our eyes must be singular, and we must know what the work of God is. We must know what the food of God is, because we must know what the work, because the food is associated with the work. If we want an eternal life. John 6, let's go there, 27. John 6, 27. You know, the Bible says that we are to release the fragrance of the knowledge of God. And that's what I'm doing. You're going to hear the fragrance of the knowing of God that I know that's been revealed. The problem is it says some hear it and it's a beautiful aroma and some hear it and it's like "Mm, what was that you know it's one of those times in the elevator where someone does something they shouldn't and the doors are closed (laughs) and everyone's like who was that or on the airplane when you can't go anywhere everyone's like it wasn't me it wasn't me I think it was him and this is what the word does the word is powerful and we have to hear this word work in the spirit and not in the flesh. Because as soon as we hear words, we associate with those words from our experience. And our experience might be completely wrong compared to what he wants to lead you into. So when he says the word work, they hear something entirely different to the word that he means when he says work. That's the challenge, isn't it? Because there's a counterfeit version of every word he says. And then there's his version of what he says. So if you and I can't hear 
his version of what he says, we create our version of what he says, and that leads us astray. There's no life in that because the life is associated with his word, not my version of his word. This is how you create other gospels, other Jesuses, and you wonder why, why I'm in life. Because you've actually bought into a false gospel. You don't do it intentionally. So we must be able to hear. So he says in verse 27, Do not work for food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. Three things, just to recap. Stop working for food which perishes. Start working for food that produces an eternal life. And we need to receive this food that produces an eternal life from Jesus and not man. See, it doesn't say go and study and learn. It says just receive. It's really hard to receive, isn't it? That's fascinating when we try to give money away. People, man, they struggle to receive. You know that identifies something in you. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. Actually, really hard to receive if you don't have a revelation of Jesus. It's easier to give than receive. Have you ever asked yourself why that? And so Jesus comes, he says, Come, because I want to give you something. And it's life. You don't understand it, you don't learn it, study it, it's revealed within you. And that's what confounds the wisdom of the world because the wisdom of the world thinks it has to work it up. It's a free gift. Nothing's free in the world. But it is in Christ. And it gets you going and then you work out your salvation which is still through the freedom of Jesus. John 4.32 says this, Jesus said to his disciples, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So we're looking at this whole area of food, and he says, stop working for the food that perishes and work for this food which produces an eternal life. And then he says this in John 4, 32 to his disciples, I have found food, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Question, have you discovered the food in Christ? It's okay to not know the food. That he talks about. But I wouldn't encourage you to stay there. I would encourage you to seek. See why you need to have a hunger and a thirst for something you don't know? These guys were walking with him. And he says, I have food that you do not yet know about. But if you stay true, and if you will walk with me, and if you will obey, and if you will follow me, The Spirit of God will reveal in you at a point in time that my Father has already written, and you will know the food, and you will live from the food. But there's going to be a transaction and a transition between now and that reality, which everyone must go through. And that's where it's won or lost. Verse 28. Therefore they said to him, what shall we do so that we may work the works of God? 
You see, man always hears if he hears through the flesh, through the flesh, and he creates his own reality. You see, the flesh has an insatiable need to do. Why, Greg? Because that's where it finds its identity, its purpose, its sense of meaning, its sense of being. Why do you think Martha couldn't come and sit at Jesus' feet? Because she needed to do to keep herself in this thing where her sister was able to sit and be still at his feet and just receive what was freely on offer. But the Bible says Martha was distracted by all her preparations. But who invited Jesus into the house? Martha. Isn't that funny? We invite him in and then we get distracted by all our preparations. And he sits and waits and goes, I wish you'd be like Martha Church. I wish you'd come to me, sit at my feet, and do the one thing that Mary is doing. But then Martha, because of her insecurity and her fear, tries to pull Mary out of that and into her own realm to make herself feel good. not the thing you want to do. Therefore they said to him, what shall we do so that we can do the works of God? First thought, and I'm just going to give you one or two thoughts for each verse. The flesh, the natural, never hears what the Spirit is saying. Never does. Interesting in this whole passage as we walk through it, it says, Jesus said, they said. Jesus said, they said. That happens all the time. Jesus speaks, their interpretation, then they speak. (laughs) There are countless evidence of this isn't here and here. Watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees. Uh, He's angry because we didn't bring food. He says they say something entirely not that. And this is what we're about to see here. Jesus says, stop working for food that perishing. Then they come back with this statement. Therefore they said to him, what shall we do so that we may work the works of God? Doesn't that sound so right? It sounds right, doesn't it? It's just not. It's not. But it sounds right. Do you know how many things we possibly believe that sound right but are not? And we take them in as gospel. And we believe these lies but they're painted up as truth. You see, you know know how you know whether you're in the truth? You have the life of the truth. So if you don't have the life or coming into more life, then you're probably not receiving the truth because I read, my Lord says, the truth makes you free. And the truth is a person. It's not a principle. So understanding the principle in your mind doesn't make you free. It's receiving a revelation of the person that makes you free. Then you're able to live out the principle. That sounds very similar, doesn't it? But you know it's got nowhere near the same thing, what I just said. They sound so the same, but they're not in operation. So these people are saying something that sounds right, but Jesus is able to discern the heart. He discerns what's coming at him. Why do you think he ran away when they tried to make him king? So he removes himself all the time. Because he sees the flesh, he sees the spirit of the world coming, so he goes, right, time to just move on. 
We have to be aware of these things. This is exactly the same now as it was when Jesus walked this earth. Flesh hears the word work and goes straight to its own reference point for work and external expression. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm saying there are accomplishments, works to be done on earth. Yes. But they all come from the place of an internal work of belief. So when you read faith and works, they are of one thing. We've even tried to use that to try and prove a point and defend our case. But actually they are of one. Faith and works is a position of one, where you receive the substance of the word within you, and from the place of that word, that word opens up the realm, and now you walk out the work, because you can see it. God is very intentional about everything he does, and when we flow in the narrow way, we get the life of that way. Where, Greg? In. Because to believe in him, which is the work, produces the life of Christ. But it's not a mental agreement, it's a full conviction. And once again, they are very different things. I am not saying a mental agreement is wrong when I'm saying it doesn't produce life. The life that Christ wants us in. Second thought is the flesh, and I've said this, but the flesh, the natural, has an insatiable need to do, to perform, to prove itself to God and others. It can't be still. And so what it does, it creates works to create a false sense of still. I've got to keep busy, I've got to keep busy, I've got to stay busy, I've got to stay busy. Why? Because I can't function if you take all the busy off me. I have no idea who I am. And God's going, stop the busy so I can reveal who you are, so you can actually come and be still at my feet and receive all the kingdom mysteries. But while you're in that, you can't. You can even try, but you can't. You have to find this repentance thing where you actually cry out and say, I can't stop me from being busy, but I hear a message about being still and knowing you, so please, Holy Spirit, come and free me from me. And he will honor that if he sees the heart, and it means what it says, not when it says one thing and lives another. He can discern that, and that's what's happening here. They say all the right things, and when he comes and says, oh, okay, well, here it is, all of a sudden, gone. That's a funny type of thing to say one thing, and then you're gone. And this can be us, because we are still wrestling with spirit and flesh. And the flesh must be crucified by the spirit. That's what Romans 8 teaches us. Our flesh must be crucified and put to death by the spirit, the word of God. So it's essential we know what the word and who the word is, not our version that we might create. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. Who was Jesus? The Son of God. What's another name for the Son of God? It begins with M. Okay, the Messiah. Did they reject the Messiah? 
Right. Why did Jesus ask his disciples, who do you say I am? Why does he ask you and I, who do you say I am? Out of the heart, the mouth will speak. Who do you say in your heart he is? It's easy to answer from the mind, you're the Messiah, and live a completely different reality to him being the Messiah. That's what they're doing here. Oh, you're the prophet. One minute. And next minute, you're the carpenter's son. They even said this, we found the Messiah. Did they not? And then they're going, who is he? When he actually starts to speak and act as the Messiah, all of a sudden the heart gets exposed for its true belief. See, if you really know he's the Messiah, what does a life look like under the authority of Messiah? Or do we just have a mental agreement that he's the Son of God and the Messiah? They're very different things. Are you learning coming under the authority of the Messiah or man? You see, Jesus said, I give you the food, not man. So what and where are you getting your knowledge from? Flesh and blood or from heaven? It's very easy to say he's this, he's this, he's this, but it's a completely different reality to live because you need revelation of him as Messiah to actually come under the Lordship. What does it look like to live a life under Lordship? It's radically different to a life not under Lordship, but professes to be. And the life of Christ is associated to lordship, messiahship. Who do you say I am? Well, some say you're this, some say you're this, some say you're this. But who do you say I am? You are the Messiah, the Christ. How did you get that? From heaven, my Father. The pattern is always heaven to us. Heaven to us. Whether it's God, Father, Spirit, it's the Spirit to man, not man to man. And it's based all that on revelation of the knowledge so you then can release the knowledge, but your life looks like the knowledge. So wisdom is vindicated by her children. Who is wisdom? Jesus Christ. So the children of Jesus Christ, wisdom can live wisdom. What does wisdom look like lived out? Loving Jesus. Loving people like Jesus. Being under his lordship and being free. Wow, that's for you and I. That's a full gospel, isn't it? That's the whole purpose of God right there. Who's challenged right now? Who's squirming in your seat a little bit? I just said the knowledge of God as a fragrance produces to those who are being saved life. To those who aren't, it's like... And we've got to feel the tension of the word being released into the atmosphere. Because that's the tension that causes change. Oh my goodness, I'm being presented with a reality now, and I've got to choose left or right. Left for life, death for right. Am I going to stay living from all I know, or am I going to step that way by a choice? I don't understand it, but I'm going to believe it. And then I'm going to receive the reality of what I've heard, because I'm going to ask, seek, and knock, and the priority is going to be you. Not everything else that's on the card after I leave here today. I'm going to swipe that, and you are going to become number one tomorrow, Tuesday. Because this is a crazy reality I'm hearing about that can be ours that Jesus came to bring. But it's all based on 
whether you know him for who he really is. You see, if you only see him through your version, then you only will receive of him that much. But when he is Messiah, and that is the fullness, oh my goodness, your Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God and with God, and all things came into being through the Word. Nothing has come into being apart from the Word. And if I'm not under that, then I'm under me. And that's work that produces food that perishes. It promises much, delivers nothing. And you feel raped, abused, and left with nothing. And you've sold your soul for it. In his name sometimes. Because you hear the works of God and you think, that's what I've got to do. I have to go and do. And there is a doing. And there is a going. But it's from a place of being. And many in his body need to lead this, especially leadership today. So if you're a leader and you're hearing, you need to hear this if you're in a position that is not this, because you need to get free of this. Do you know how I know this? Because I was that leader. You know, the best one to bring a message like this is one that has been apprehended by this type of message turned, repented, found brokenness, got back up and then sent again to bring the message. Whether you hear it or not, that's not up to me. That's up to you and him. But I realized when it came to me, it comes with a challenge and you want to squirm and you want to just sort of slowly squirm outside out of the room, out of the hearing and go, oh, thank you very much. I just removed myself from what I heard. I can stay as I was. And you've just committed suicide. But the choice is yours. And it will always be yours. And God loves us so much, he will always wait because he's forever patient until you're ready to receive the offer of life. And we can't just think because we came to him once, we have come to him and received all. All requires all. So the work of God is to believe. It's an internal work. Let's just go to verse 30 and read down to 34. So they said to him, this is where it shifts again. So you get earth and heaven speaking all the time. So remember, earth is hearing through its own filter. Heaven speaks through its filter. So then they say in verse 30, what then do you do for a sign so that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? The flesh, this is a point, gives the appearance it is interested and will receive, but it never does. It sounds so cool. The funny thing is, has he not just done a miracle? I used to be like this. If you do this, I'll believe. I said this at 20, if you're real, come into my life and I will follow you. Prove yourself. Do you know how arrogant that is? It's dreadful, isn't it? But you don't think you're arrogant when you say it. You think you're actually being the most humble person. God, you've got to prove yourself. Oh, Greg, you're the creator, are you? 
You stop and really think about that. It's the height of arrogance. God, prove yourself to little old Greg that you're real. You know what he did? He did. Light in my room, 3 a.m. in the morning, a massive light. It was not someone with a torch shining at night because the house that we lived in in Dunedin was built into the side of the hill. And there was a gap between the window and that, and there was dirt. But my whole room is full of light. That's a problem. Because <laughs> I said, I'll believe if you perform. He performed, I didn't believe. That's what's going to happen right here. Because it's not really interested in the reality, but it professes to. It's painted up as, and as soon as it turns up on your door, now you've got an opportunity to go, ooh. It's like prophecy, man. Everyone loves prophecy till it turns up and says, hi, I'm prophecy. You know that thing you all said yes and amen to when you all had a conference about and danced around the tables and all that? Well, now it's turned up, the reality of it, and I want to get in your heart. Now it's a whole different story when the prophetic word comes alive. You see, there were 375 promises of the Messiah, and they were waiting for him to come. And then he turned up in the flesh and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Today this has been fulfilled in my father's house. And they went, ah! And they're supposed to go, woohoo! Every heart in the rock will be exposed for what's in it 10 years ago. <laughs> it still is. But a whole lot of people have moved on. But he wants to do a work that is so deep to release us from us and to bring us into a life where we no longer deny God like Peter. We no longer say yes and then say no. When he says it's a yes or a no, he says, I don't want your hypocrisy. I want your authenticity. It's okay to say no if your heart is a no. But what I don't like is when you say yes and no. Give me your no. Because I can work with a no, but a yes and a no is full of hypocrisy. Woe to you, you Pharisee, you religious spirit. Greg, are you calling me a religious spirit? No, I'm saying to be hypocritical is. If you are, that's between you and him. I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying what it looks like. Why? So then we can repent and turn and get life. I don't want to be lukewarm. You see, this is the gospel, but we like this thing that's nicely fitted, packaged, makes us feel good. And then life continues the same. The gospel is a sword, is it not? And what does the gospel do? Pierces the thoughts and the attitudes of what? What for? Death or life? Right. So you've got to go through this process if you want life. People say, I want the fullness of life Jesus was in. I said, are you prepared to go through the cross? Hell no. That's why Jesus did. Wrong. Bible says you will suffer like he did. Suffering is part of following Christ. And I don't mean silly suffering. I mean suffering for living for truth. And it doesn't matter who is around you. If the flesh is there, whether they are your wife, your husband, your child, your mum, your dad, your grandparent, your friend, the body of Christ, flesh does not like spirit. 
So when the spirit manifests itself through a person, the flesh goes, Ugh. just like they did here. But it paints itself up as it does here, and it smiles. And it says all the right stuff. Oh, yeah, well, then you perform for us. He said, well, I just did. Listen to John 12, 36 to 37. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become sons of light. Become the fullness of the sun, the light. In him was life, and this life was the light of men, John 1, 4. These things Jesus spoke, and he went away and hid himself from them. But though he had performed so many signs before them, yet they were not believing in him. Listen to John 4, 48. Jesus said, unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. It starts with who he is, not what he does. That's why people can get healed and walk away. That's why the lepers got healed and only one came back. Because you get healed, it's cheers. That's why Greg Simnel for nine years sought, got help, received, and went, see ya. Not the wisest move, but at the same time, it was building a reality in me that when I broke in 1997, I had a reference point for my stupidity, my stupidity, my pride, my arrogance, everything I had said, like Peter, I won't go, I won't deny you, I won't do this, I won't do that, I'm the man, all of that, and then the Spirit awakens you to all these words you profess out of pride, and whack! Boom, the temple comes down of self. And it falls on the rock. It's broken to pieces and it never gets put back together again. And now he says, come follow me. And now you can because now you're filled with another substance. Self is gone, meaning the will of man. You're able to walk in the power of God. And now you can fulfill what he actually says. Until that point, you're still trying to do something you can't do. Because you're still the source of your life, not him. But guess what you can do? You can heal people. You can walk on water. Because he doesn't give the gifts back and there's a power in his name. But that doesn't mean you actually love him. It doesn't mean you truly follow him. And it doesn't mean you haven't died to self. Because self can manifest all that using his name for itself. So the challenge is to know and be still. Do you know how that's how you really know he's at the center? You can be still and do nothing ever again. That's where the freedom is in going, I'm not here because I need to do this. I'm not here because I want to be a title. I'm not here for any of that. I'm so free of it. It freaks people out. I'm here for the glory of my father because he says, Greg, believe in me. And through that belief, I'm going to do a work and then I'm going to use you and you will be a co-heir with me, but it will not be you. It will be me in you through the receiving constantly of what I give you. And that is a food that never perishes, but it builds an eternal life within. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. That doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means you're growing in the substance of the kingdom of God. But these guys say, well, I'll do this, perform for us, 
them maybe will believe, but Jesus knows the heart. And you follow it down in John 6. And look at this. He says this. Uh, where are we? 31. Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. So who is the supplier again? God. Jesus then said, truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. Who gives? The Father, the Spirit. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. He's referring to himself, isn't he? Because he is the bread of life. Third 34 is a classic. Then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. Once again, it sounds so true. It's just not. It's a profession that is false. Because when you understand the entirety of John 6, he says, okay, you ask for it. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Go over to verse 66. As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. <laughs> Always give us this bread until the reality of the bread turns up and what it really means exposes me. Then, thank you, see you later. And you just walk away from life. Was he not life? Was he not the Messiah? Was he not the one that gives the bread to man to live? So why on earth are they walking away from the one who they say is what he is? Because they weren't. That doesn't mean Jesus doesn't love these guys. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you. This is our reality. What it means is he wants you to come to him and stop playing church and playing games and playing Christian reality and stop playing the thing and get into the thing with me. Why? Because the life I have for you is so exquisite. Why? Because I want you to glorify me. It's all about me. Isn't it? Not me, him. <laughs> Clarify that. And you can hear that and go, that's an egotistical God, or that is God. But who are you to call God an egotistical God when you didn't exist? You're just a hunk of clay. Who he loves. You see, you have to have both sides of the one truth, don't you? And so he says, you've been given life to bring glory to my name. Primarily as a body. Not as individuals. See, I'm the head, you're the body. And I'm building a body because I'm coming back for a body. Not an individual. It's the body of Christ, not the individual of Christ. It's the bride of Christ, which isn't a person, one. It's the body of Christ. It's the same thing. They're called the sons of God that creation is waiting to be revealed. It's called the nation of God. It's the people of oneness because the two, it's not about Jew or Gentile, male or female. It's about being one people. Jesus prayed it. I pray that they would be one as we are one. So we invite them into fellowship, not cups of tea, guys. It's got nothing to do with fellowship. It's got nothing to do with hanging out together. It's about becoming like Christ together. 
It's a oneness of spirit, not of physical attractiveness or liking that personality over that personality. Fellowship, which they devoted themselves to, is about becoming spiritually one with the Father, Son, Spirit, one another. Full stop. Everything else is companionship. And we can't confuse the two, but we do. And so he's saying, come to me. I want to be your source. They hear the word work. They start getting entangled in what they must be doing. Then they say to him, okay, if it's not that, then you perform this work that we can believe. He's saying it's not that either. It's about actually allowing me to be your source. And that's the opportunity that we have today as well. Through receiving him, the word of God. Lord, always give us this bread. You found yourself saying that? Oh, I really want that. And then he comes. But he doesn't come in the format that you think he comes, so then you reject it. No, no, you actually have to come like this. So then we start to define how he must come. We define the meal we want. We start to shape it and then tell him, this, it must be like this. Look, it must have three spuds. It must have some steak. It must have gravy with a couple of vegetables. He says, no, it comes how it comes. You see, this is the problem with the flesh. The flesh will always misinterpret the word. And the flesh will always walk away from the word because it doesn't want to get pierced by the word. And then life comes. That's how life comes. Through the word. And the word is given through the power of the Holy Spirit. How was Jesus conceived? How was creation conceived? In the beginning was the... What's your beginning place? How were you conceived? Through Adam. See how you're the odd one out? Until you get born again? So how did you get conceived into the kingdom? The way Jesus got conceived? The way creation was conceived? Who is creation now? Who is the apple of his eye? Yes. Who is his cherished creation? Yes. So there can't be any different kind, can there? Between natural creation, the world, Christ, and us. We are of the same kind, so we need the same source. John's baptism, was it from heaven or earth? The word of God, is you getting the word from heaven or earth? What is the source of your word, heaven or earth? It's going to make all the difference. One enables you to live, one doesn't. One puffs you up, one creates humility and love. We have the choice. It's a scary choice, I get that. That's why we've got to do it together, right? We've got to walk it out together. No lone rangers, no doing it on your own, you won't survive. It's too great. And you have someone that is prowling around, waiting to devour you. So get in the body and give your life to the body. Amen. I hope that's helped this morning. This is the final statement. The work of God is to believe in him, not through what he does primarily, but through who he is and what he says. This is a full conviction of the heart and not a mental agreement in the mind. Full stop. Father, open up and continue to open up my heart, 
our hearts, my ears, our ears, to receive your supernatural word, the substance which your son said is spirit and life. It's not of earth. We can't understand it through the ways of earth. We receive it through the way of the kingdom of God, the spirit today. Father, if our minds feel like they're about to explode, that's good and that's okay because it's a sign that it can't contain what it's just trying to understand. But Father, I pray you would ask, we would ask your spirit to bring to light what our mind is trying to grasp that it can't within us. The substance of your word just enables us to live and be the expression of this wisdom, the Christ in and through us. And that brings glory to your name. That's why we've been given life, Father, to glorify you. Full stop. So may everything be defined through that lens now as you open it up to us in Jesus' name. Amen.